Thank you so much for joining us today at our Savior's Church, where we are one church meeting in five different locations. And our goal is to help you on your spiritual journey to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference in the lives around you. If you'd like to learn more about our Savior's Church or how to get involved, visit us online at OurSavior'sChurch.com. This morning, we're going to continue, and this kind of segues right into what we're talking about, about living, really, a life worth living. And if you remember last week, I began to talk about the peace of God. And if you weren't here, I'm going to encourage you to go back, because I want you to understand what's happening up here. And we've used something that Pastor Jacob and Miss Michelle have really used to build the foundation of this church And that was this talk right here, that we have three parts of every human being. There are three parts. That we have a a spirit, a soul, and we have a body. And the first thing is that we, I have, I am a spirit. Meaning God breathed in us and he created us in his image. And in that image, he breathed his spirit into us. We don't happen to just have a spirit. We are a spirit. But not only do we, are we a spirit, but I have a soul. People mix up these two things, spirit and soul. I have a soul. What is my soul? It's my mind, will, and emotions. It's my voice of reasoning. Some people need to use this voice of reason a little bit more, amen? Don't look to your spouse, okay? My mind, will, and emotions. And this is an important aspect of us. But the third thing is he gives us a body. He gives us a tent to put everything in, right? Right, it's like, it's like a storage unit you need to, or a house. You need to fit everything that's important inside the house. The house is important, but listen to me. What's important is more, what important is what's inside the house. And so this is where we were at. And the difference, watch this, the difference between panic and peace is really where you're, what you're feeding. Because over here, you're gonna feed the body and the soul. This is where panic sets in, where you begin to go, I don't even know where, I'm looking on Facebook, I'm looking on social media, I'm looking on Instagram, everything else, and I am just drowning right now because I'm panicking. Do I wear a mask or do I not wear a mask? Do I stay social? Do they want to shake or fist bump? That is the biggest dilemma we're facing in our day today. People are going in with claws because they don't know what to do. But, but that's the thing, we don't know what to feed. But over here, the only way we can live in peace is when we feed the Spirit. We feed the Spirit. And when we feed the spirit each and every single day, not a one-time thing, but the peace of God will come circumstantially to allow us to bring us through things, to allow us to see the peace of God even when it's almost impossible to have the peace of God. And we talked about the difference in those things. And if last week it was about feeding your spirit so you can have peace, today I want to talk about Filling your spirit so you can have power. Somebody say power. Turn to your neighbor and say, I've got the power. Some of y'all wanted to sing it right now. I've got the power. You, just, you know how to do it. You want to do it right now. Power, right? I'm not living a perfect life. I'm not talking about a perfect life. I'm talking about power. And some of you might be asking, well, if I'm born again, I'm saved, my sins are forgiven, I'm already going to heaven, then why do I need to be filled with the Holy Spirit? I punch my ticket, Pastor Chris, I'm good to go, right? And let me ask you another question. Let me pull a Jesus move and ask you another question. How many of you, if I put you in water, you would say you would you would, would you want to swim or tread water? Which one you would want to do what? Swim. 
Why? Because it's the difference between surviving and thriving. Think about it for a second. No one likes to tread water. No one likes to sit there and just like be going nowhere, trying to just stay alive. But when you're swimming, there's movement. You're getting to a place and you're becoming someone. In this Christian life, too many people that I know that have the spirit of God in them, look at me, are just surviving right now instead of thriving. Why? Because they have no power. They have no power. There's a difference between being spiritually alive and being spiritually filled and empowered to live out this life. There is a difference. Can I show you the difference this morning? I want to take a couple minutes and really break this down, and I want to really kind of teach right now, and hopefully you can see the difference between there, because there might be some confusion. But there's a difference. This is the difference between being sealed and being filled, okay? Being sealed and being filled. There's a big difference in that. When you were born again, everybody eyes up here. This is big. When you were born again, look at me, and you said yes to Jesus, right? You said yes to what he did, who he is, how he paid for your sins. What happened is, is he sealed you with the Holy Spirit. Meaning what? Meaning if you didn't earn it, you can't lose it. Because if you could lose it, that means you did something for it. And you didn't. So the Holy Spirit, Ephesians 4, says the Holy Spirit of God has sealed you in Christ Jesus until you experience full salvation. What does that mean? That means until judgment time, when Jesus comes back, he's sealed you, right? And so it says, so never grieve the Spirit of God or take for granted his holy influence on your life. You are sealed when you say yes to Jesus. I don't know about you. I'm very comforted by that, right? I'm very comforted by that, that I'm sealed. And what Jesus does, this is a great, great part about it, is he takes us when we say yes, and he does this. We don't. He empties out all our sins. I mean, I had no idea stuff was in there, did you? <laughs> he emptied out everything. He cleans you out, and he seals you. Watch this. And you become a child of God. Watch this, though. Watch this. Some of you, this is big. Some of you are going, well, well, I just don't, I don't know about the child of God thing. I don't feel like a child. Well, let me ask you this question. How many of you have kids in here? You have kids. You have to claim them, okay? You can't go like, I don't want to do it. They're not in here. They're sitting right next to you. You can't do that. Right? Think about it. How many of you have kids? How many of you would be willing to admit, whether they were young or older, your kids have done some foolish things? Yes. Amen. My hands are raised. I was one of those kids as well, did some foolish things. But look, look, look at me. Just because they did something foolish, does that mean they weren't your kids anymore? So watch this. You, you might be a wise child. You might be a foolish child, but you're still a child. I know some people that have been born again, have declared Jesus, but are doing some very foolish things. It doesn't mean they're not a child of God. It just means they're a foolish child of God. And if we think that we can earn our way to God, then what Jesus did on the cross, what we celebrated a few weeks ago, watch this, was pointless. 
Because that means that we do it. He didn't do it. And God, Jesus said, I don't want you to clean yourself up and come to me. You come to me and I clean you up. It's the grace of God. That is salvation. He seals you for eternity. He makes sure I'm going to seal you so you can understand you are a child of God no matter what you do. Now, does that mean that we're going to go out and do whatever we want? No, because if I know my parents love me, I want to make them happy. But I also know that even if I don't make them happy, I'm still their child. So the motivation begins to change. Why? Because I'm sealed. I'm sealed by the Holy Spirit. So clean you up. He seals you with his purpose. He seals you for eternity. But here's where it changes. Because though you may be sealed, watch this, for salvation, for eternity, awesome, wonderful. And you're clean, but you're empty. And too many Christians are living sealed lives, but they're empty. Empty of what? Empty of God's power. Empty of his spirit. And watch this. We look like the world because we're not filled with his spirit. Well, I'm, I'm saved. That's great. But you're living like you're not. Why? Because you're not filled with his spirit. You have no power. So if, watch this, if I'm sealed and that's salvation then I'm filled, watch this, I'm filled to live here on earth. So sealed is for heaven, watch this, filled is for this earth. Does that make, this, it make sense? I want to make, before we move on, this is crucial, because too many people have think, thought this Holy Spirit's weird, or being filled with the Holy Spirit, or baptized in the Holy Spirit, that's super weird, I don't know about how doing that. I'm just talking about living, living this world with power to overcome. Those things. We wonder why things keep happening to us. Watch this. We keep dealing with the same things over and over. It's because you have no power to overcome. Well, I'm saved. I'm born again. Hey, that's great. But we need to get you filled. So you can begin to have power to conquer and to overcome. Let me, let me tell it to you in a different way. Because Jesus actually showed us what this looked like. He showed us in Luke chapter 11. He talked about an impure spirit, an unclean spirit. He told a story. He said an unclean spirit in Luke chapter 11, he says, goes out when it's cast out of a person. It goes out and it wanders around trying to find a place to rest. And when it doesn't, it actually ends up returning. And here's what Jesus said. When it returns, it finds the person, watch this, like a house, swept clean, made tidy, but what? but empty. You wonder why unclean things keep coming back into you? Why? Because you haven't filled yourself with the Holy Spirit. I'm not talking about salvation. I'm talking about how you're living now. And if God gives us peace for circumstances, he gives us power to walk daily. But we need his spirit. We need his spirit, and we need, watch this, we need to be filled with that spirit. Be 
Because without it, we're going to be nothing. We're going to be surviving. And I don't know about you, I'm tired of seeing people that I know have the light of Christ just surviving in this life. Pastor Chris, are you talking about a perfect life? Are you talking about a life where I don't have any worries? Absolutely not. (laughs) This is not prosperity. This is reality. This is being able to have the power to go through those things. So why do I I need the power, Pastor Chris? Why is it that I need this power to to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Let me give you three reasons why, and then I'm gonna give you some practical steps, and then we'll close this morning. The first reason is this. We need power because we live in a fallen world. Duh, right? We live in a fallen, broken world. 2020 showed us how broken we really are. It just catapulted everything forward and up to the surface. But really, I want you to see here, this fallen and broken world is ruled over by the enemy and his mentality in John 10, 10, Jesus told us the enemy comes to do three things, kill, steal, and destroy. So if we know how the enemy works to kill, steal, and destroy, that he wants to just take, how many know that that means Jesus wants to give? He wants to give us, give us life and life abundantly. And many of you might be thinking, well, the disciples, when he was telling them that, Pastor Chris, like they were walking with Jesus, like directly talking to him. And I don't really see Jesus face to face like they did. If I would have walked with them, I would have had everything I needed. Well, let me challenge you this way. Those disciples, those 12 teenagers walked with him for three plus years. They saw him do miracle after miracle after miracle from healing the blind, healing the sick to calming the storms. Watch this. But yet Jesus told them they still needed more because here's what he told them. This is so interesting. John, excuse me, Luke chapter 24, verse 49, he says, and now I will send the what? The Holy Spirit, just as my father promised, but stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. He said, don't move unless you're filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. Because if you're not filled, you're gonna go out and you will fail each and every single time. But if you're filled, that failing will glorify God. Notice I didn't say you will succeed. (laughs) I just said you'll be able to fail well to fail with power because we've already won in Jesus, guys. We've already won. The victory is ours. But here's what happens. The pressure of this life, how many know, end up just crushing us. I'll show you another way. This fallen, broken world we live in can do some things to us, can put some pressure on us. And what the Holy Spirit does is it fills us. And I have two Coke cans here. And the interesting thing is, is one of these Coke cans is filled and one is not filled. Now, the one that is not filled, it's empty. It's like us. We go about our lives and if we're empty, anyone, my two-year-old child can crush it. The outside pressure of this life will destroy us, ruin us. We will be surviving, not thriving. And it will crush us. I could have invited, once again, one of my little kids to come up here and they could have crushed that. But when you're filled, watch this, the inside pressure is greater than the outside pressure. 
I'm sque- I can squeeze and squeeze and squeeze, and I feel like I'm a decently strong guy, and I can squeeze, and guess what? It will not break because it's filled, it's sealed, it's ready to take on this world, and the outside pressure, watch this, won't determine my inside pressure. It won't do it. And we are filled with the Spirit so we can survive and we can thrive in this fallen, in this broken world. The second thing is this. Write this down. We need power because maintenance is a myth. Maintenance is a myth. Uh, Around this time, uh, really beginning of the year and then all the way up until this time, we see people going to the gym and then all of a sudden trickles off after one month, two months, three months. You get into this month, nobody's at the gym anymore, but... But what's funny is when you, you walk in there or, or I talk to people all the time and they'll all be like, hey, what are you doing for your workout? What are you doing for your diet plan? Like, just curious, just trying to make conversation. They'll go, here's what they'll say. I hear this all the time. I'm just maintaining. Okay? When you ate that burger last night, were you maintaining? Right? When you ate the salad the night before, were you maintaining? Think about this for a second. Maintenance is a myth in this world. You're either getting going forward or moving backwards. You're either getting better or you're getting worse. There's no neutral in Christianity. You're either growing closer to God or you're getting further away from God. And how many know we are weak? We are weak and we need God's power to keep going and pressing on towards him. You see, I can't read enough of this Bible to get close to God, but if I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, he pulls me close to him. Why? Because it's not me, it's him. It's, I just, I'm just wanting to get better. I just want to move forward. I just want to have the power of the Holy Spirit because I am weak. Romans 8 says it this way, and in a similar way, the Holy Spirit takes hold of us, watch this, in our human frailty, to empower us in our what? Weakness. He empowers us to move in spite of our weaknesses, in spite of our doubts, in spite of everything that we can think of, that he gets us. Watch this. He empowers us in our weakness when we wake up on Sunday mornings and we want to sleep in. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm, the, I'm the with you guys. I want to sleep in, but I know I need to go to church because I know I need God in my life. He empowers me to go to church. He empowers me in my weakness to continue to pray for a wayward child that's gone astray, to continue to read our Bibles because we know the truth in here is greater than the truth on Facebook. Think about it for a second. He gives us the power to believe for healing when the cancer came back. He keeps us going in our weakness because maintenance is a myth. For some of you, you heard Pastor David talk about small groups. He gives us power to step out, watch this, and go, I don't fully know what I'm doing, but I feel like I'm going to sign up and I'm going to lead one. Because in my weakness, he is made strong. Not in my strength, he is made strong. No, 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 no. In my weakness, he is made strong. We need power from the Holy Spirit because maintenance is a myth. Number three is this, is because I leak. (laughs) be going, what? It's because I leak. I leak. You leak. We leak. 
We do, whether you know it or not, because life is bumpy, amen? And it's draining. And what happens is, check this out, that when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, it doesn't keep us from getting bumped, but when we get bumped, we can survive it. The problem is, watch this, we don't even know it, but we start getting bumped and we start leaking everywhere. Oh man, oh yeah, you're right, I started. And we start wondering why, watch this, you had control over your temper that one time, but the next time you don't, you're leaking. I was filled with the Holy Spirit when I was eight, great, but you leak, so when you're 18, Ooh, you're on empty. The, the check engine light, the, the gas light has been on for a while now. Think about it for a second. You leak. We need to be refilled each and every single day. I'm going to say that again. We need to be refilled with the spirit each and every single day, because as you see, we leak. And when we bump into people, pastor offended me by what he said. I leak. When an employee doesn't do what you say, you're leaking. When your husband offends you and you get angry at him, you're leaking. We leak. And that's why Paul says very clear in Ephesians chapter five, it says, don't get drunk with wine. We're going to come back to that in a second because it makes you what? Lose control. But instead, keep on being filled with the spirit. I find it so interesting that Paul told the church at Ephesus this. He compared being drunk with being filled with the Holy Spirit. I would have never paired those together. This is my, I don't know, I'm, I'm not, I didn't write the Bible, so I'm just saying. I would have never paired those together. But think about it for a second. It actually makes sense. Because if you know people, or maybe you yourself have had a few too many and you end up getting drunk, you don't end up acting like yourself, do you? You know people who like never high five, all of a sudden they're like, hey, you know, high five on one another. And they're just like wanting to come up to you and talk to you. And like somebody who's really shy is like, hey, dance with me, you know. And you're, you're like, you do things that aren't normal for you. Why? Because you're under the influence. When you're filled with the spirit, listen to me, you're under God's influence. Watch it. And you're going to do things you wouldn't normally do, say things you wouldn't normally say. So Paul goes, I don't want you to be drunk with that wine. I want you to be on this wine. And that's the Holy Spirit. I want you to be filled so you can say something to that coworker that needs an encouraging word. Pray for that boss that you can't stand. To share the gospel with a person that you're standing at the grocery store with. That is the power that it gives you to go outside of what you can do and watch this, reach inside of what God can do through you. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. It's why we need to ask for it every day. I pray every single night and every single morning for all five of my kids. Here's what I pray. Very simple. Lord, fill them with your spirit. Because I know they need it each and every single day. I pray that over my own life. God, fill me with your spirit today. I am worthy. I am unworthy. I am weak. I am a nobody. But with your spirit, I am powerful. I am called. I am chosen. I am a child of God. I am bought by the king. I'm cleansed in the blood of Jesus. You begin seeing things differently and being able to say things you wouldn't normally say. It's how God took a football player and made him a pastor. 
We need it daily because we leak. We need to be filled because we leak. We need to be under God's influence. And listen, I know what you're saying. Pastor Chris, that's great for you, but you're different. There's no way I can do that. There's no way I can do those things and be born. You're right, you can't. Look at me. That's the point. But God can. God can. He can do it if you're filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, not to have a comfortable, cushy life. Look at me. But to have a purpose-filled, power-filled life. Like I said, the disciples were 12 teenagers. And in Acts chapter 1, they're praying in the upper room. They had 120 people praying. Think about this for a second. 120 people, scared kids, wondering what was about to happen. They see the resurrection. They experience Jesus, and they're told to go in this room and wait. And they're going, okay, we're just going to keep praying. They're scared. They don't know what to do. And all of a sudden, watch this, 120 in the upper room in Acts chapter 1 went to 3,000 in a matter of minutes. Why? They weren't good enough because they were filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. It's not some weird thing. It is absolutely essential for living here on earth. If salvation is for heaven, then the power being filled with the power of the Holy Spirit is here for earth. We need it. You and I need it. It's God's power, and he gives it to us freely. Now, I want to give you four practical steps, and then we're going to close here in the next nine minutes or so. Four practical steps of what it means and how to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay, how can I be filled with the Holy Spirit? Number one, first thing we have to do, we've been talking about it all morning, and I believe this is of God, we have to surrender. 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 Look at me. Until I surrender my flesh and what I want, I cannot be filled with his Spirit. Well, why do you say that, Pastor Chris? Number one, God won't force you. He's a loving Father. But number two, let me ask this question to you guys. How many of you, um, you've rented or are renting a house, apartment, something? You've rented, okay, this, participate with me. If you've rented something, okay. All right, thank you. So you've rented something, uh, you rented a, a house, an apartment. Think about this for a second. Now, would you ever renovate the kitchen in a rented apartment? Okay. Would you ever pay to put in a pool at a rented house? Why? because you don't own it. Look at me. God would not build on something that he doesn't own. And you're going, oh, well, that, that sounds great. Well, uh, he won't build on something he doesn't own, and he won't force you to give it up. This is called lordship, meaning it's, it's making God boss over every part of my life. Well, I'll give him Sunday, but I'm not giving him Monday or Tuesday. That's my, that's my drinking day. Okay, cool. Didn't know you had days to drink there. Well, I'll, I'll, give, I'll give God Sunday, but I'm not giving him my money. That's my money. Well, see, the question then is, who is your boss? Is it you or is it God? Because if we're led by the Spirit, then we need to take hold of what the Spirit has in mind. We need to crucify the flesh. This is, this is Galatians 5. Crucify the flesh, put to death everything. And in verse 25 of Galatians 5, it says, if the Spirit is the source of our life, we must allow the Spirit to direct every aspect of our lives. 
we got to surrender. Meaning you can't go where you want to go and walk the way you want to walk anymore. Why? Because I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. And, and if I do that, guess what? It's going to empty itself out real fast. That's why I said don't grieve the Holy Spirit. The Spirit is sensitive. Sensitive. He is sensitive. But we need his power because we can't do it on our own. So we have to go do this. I need to make room for you, God. I'm going to tear down every religious tradition I uphold because it's not worth it. If you say relationship is greater than religion, I want that. And we surrender everything to him. The second thing after we surrender, we have to submit. Submit to his word. See, people want to talk to people when they should be talking to God. People want to read advice on Facebook before getting the truth about what God's word says. Why? Because we want agreement. We don't want the truth. That's why we go to our friend to go, did you hear what she said about me? It would, do you know this? And you go, oh, okay. they're like, yeah, yeah. Oh, they're so terrible. And God said, hey, pray for your enemy. Love them. I don't want to love them. Well, that's why you went to Susie and you didn't go to God. <laughs> Look at me. People come to Pastor David and I, Pastor Jacob, and they go, hey, should I get divorced? And it's very simple answer. Very, very simple answer. What does God's word say about it? Answer that question first and then come back to me and, you'll, and we can talk through it. We need to be talking to God more than we're talking to people, but we miss that oftentimes. Because the Holy Spirit, look at me, the Holy Spirit is released to the level of our obedience to his word. Let me say that again. The Holy Spirit is only released, watch this, to the limitations of our obedience to this word. If we're picking and choosing, you're just going to get a little bit of the Spirit. But if we go, God, I want to obey every single letter in here. I'm not perfect, but God, I'm going to do my best to obey, 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 because I want your power today. That's what I want. I want your power to thrive and not just survive. We have to submit to God's word and not what we think ourselves. Number three is this, and we're getting ready to close. We need to speak up. So we surrender, we submit, we need to speak up and ask. It sounds so simple, doesn't it? There's no way. Let me share a story with you. My kids are pastor's kids, so they're around church a lot. And I bring in my son to an event one night, and we were setting up and doing some different things. And, and he loves to run around in here. He was five at the time, loves to run around and just be a part of God's house. And I always tell him, hey, stay over in this area. I'll be in the sanctuary. And he runs out into the lobby. This happened a few years ago. Runs out into the lobby. And I remember after a while, we were doing some things. I couldn't find him. I'm like, okay, where is he? Well, I go out into the lobby, and I see him in the lobby with his hands by his face crying, looking around, scared, terrified. I run up to him. Hey, buddy, what happened? Are you okay? He said, Daddy, I couldn't find you. I remember, I'll never forget this because I remember kneeling down, looking at him in the face. And here's what I told him. I said, buddy, do you see all these people right here? Yeah. 
I said, you could have asked any one of these people where I was, and every single one of these people know I'm right here. Watch this. All he had to do was ask, and I was just on the other side of the door. I mean, what we don't realize is the Father wants to give us great and good things. We just need to ask. Because just on the other side is power for today, guys. It's power for today. I love the way that Jesus said it in Luke chapter 11. He said it this way. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? Or if you then, here's what he says, being evil, that's us, know how to give good gifts to your children. Watch this, don't miss it. How much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask and continue to ask him? Continue to ask him. The Father is ready and willing. He's just on the other side. And we almost feel like we're scared and we're crying. And he's going, just ask. I'm not going to force you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm not going to force you to experience my power. You need an experience today to carry you into tomorrow. Look at me. But we need to ask. We need to ask and continue to ask and continue to ask and continue to seek and to knock and ask and seek and knock and ask and seek and knock until eventually, whatever it is, we begin to look, walk, and feel differently. It won't happen right away, but it'll be a gradual change where all of a sudden you were scared in one instance, you walk in the same room and you're not fearful anymore. There is power power to overcome. But finally, when you ask, get ready because you need to step in and receive. All eyes appear and you'll get this, okay? A quarterback is only as good as their receivers. Drew Brees, love him. He is the greatest, I believe, of all time. And I just think a person as a friend, he's been an amazing friend, Look at me. If Drew was standing on the stage right now, he would say, I couldn't have done it without people catching the ball. God wants to fill you. But he just wants you to receive it. Just receive what he has for you. Look at me. Expecting God to move in a mighty way. Just receive. What's so interesting, watch this. In Acts chapter one, when they were filled with the Holy Spirit, or Acts chapter two, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Did you know, you know how many people were in Jerusalem at that time? Thousands, if not hundreds of thousands were in Jerusalem, but only 12 got filled with the Spirit. Why? Watch this. Because they came expecting to receive. You've already done half the work. You're here. We just need to receive it. And after you receive it, there's always a response. I remember getting the keys to my first car when I was 16 years old. Didn't matter if it was beat up, could barely run. But I remember getting those keys. You remember getting your driver's license. And when you got those keys, watch, there was so much power, wasn't there? You began thinking of every. The world opened up and looked differently. 
because you could drive yourself anywhere you wanted to go. And at that time, there were no cell phones. She couldn't track me. I could go anywhere, do anything. It was a whole new freedom. I was empowered. I was overjoyed. Watch this. I was terrified too. And I didn't realize, watch this. I didn't realize what that was really all about until I started driving. When you receive it, there will be a natural response for you to use it. My prayer, and we're going to pray in just a second, my prayer for every single person in here is this week will look differently for you. That if you're willing, that if you want to surrender, submit, that if you want to really, really step out and ask him and step in and receive what he has for you, this week will look differently for you. You're going to see things differently. You're going to experience things. Watch, you might say something, you're going, whoa, did I say that? It's going to be a different week this week. Watch this. It's going to be a different day today. Look at me. And what you need to realize is before you are filled, you have to be sealed. And we come all the way back is that power is great, but eternity is forever. And I'm going to pray two prayers this morning. And I want you to be patient. Don't start fidgeting. We got you. We'll be out in the next four minutes. Look at me. I want you to be born again and be saved first. Because then after that, he, can, he cleans you out. He can fill you with his spirit. So the first prayer is going to be for those who've never been born again. And the second prayer is going to be for those that say, today, Pastor Chris, I want to be filled with, your, with the power of the Holy Spirit. I need the power of the Holy Spirit. Would you bow your heads with me this morning as we close? That's my question to you. Have you been born again? Have you been sealed for eternity? I'm not asking what church you go to. If you belong to a church, if you are baptized or christened, those are all great things. That is not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about have you been born again? In John chapter three, verse three and five, he says, no one can see or enter, the, enter into the kingdom of heaven unless they are born again. And just like your physical birthday only happens once, you were born spiritually only one time. It's the day you say yes to Jesus and you give up everything else and you allow him to come into your heart and you give your life to him. It's called being born again. And if you're here this morning, I want to offer that to you. What do I need to do, Pastor Chris? It's as simple as A, B, C. A, we admit we're sinners in need of a savior. Our way is not working. It's not good enough. We aren't good enough. We need to turn from our ways, repent, and turn back to God. B, believe that what Jesus did for us on the cross was enough to cover our sins. And C, confess him as Savior. He saves us from ourselves and from the wrath of God and Lord over our life, meaning he's boss over every part. If that's you here this morning, without anyone else looking, I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand in just a second. And by raising your hand, it's your profession of faith. It's your expression of faith to say, I want to be born again. It's not, we're going to pray a prayer. It's not the prayer that saves you and it's not the prayer that makes you born again. It's your faith in Jesus Christ. The free gift, the grace through faith that allows you to be born again. 
If you're going, Pastor Chris, that's me. In just a second, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. And I'm going to pray this prayer. Matter of fact, we're all going to pray it together. I don't want you to care who's looking or what's happening around you. Right now is for you and God. And if that's you here this morning, on the count of three, I want you to raise your hand. One, God brought you here for a reason. Two, you know it's time to come home. Three, I want you to lift your hand now. Say, pray for me, Pastor Chris. Thank you. I see you. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. I see you. Fifteen. Thank you. Sixteen. Thank you. You can put your hands down. One more opportunity. If you raised your hand once, you don't ever have to do it again. The grace of God seals you. But if you want to join those hands, last ten seconds, I want you to raise it now. Anyone else? Want to join those? Awesome. 17, thank you. I see you. Well, church, with all those who raise their hand, we're gonna repeat this prayer and then we're gonna pray another prayer. But repeat after me right now. Dear Lord Jesus, I believe you're the son of God. I believe that on the cross, you took my sin, my shame, my guilt, and you died for it. I believe you faced hell for me so I would not have to go and rose on the third day to give me a place in heaven, a purpose on earth, and a relationship with your Father. Today, Lord Jesus, I turn from my sin to be born again. Say this with me. God is my Father. Jesus is my Savior. The Holy Spirit is my helper. And heaven is now my home. In Jesus' name.